I'm glad we got that part before we started recording. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, Jacob and I had the opportunity of covering the Nashville Film Festival recently, just a week ago, and we had a blast in doing so. So we're going to talk all things Nashville Film Festival, what we saw, what we liked, what we loved. And at the end of the show, we're going to give our top 10 films of the year post-festival. Um, so every every month this is changing, but this more than ever is going to be changing as more and more films come out that are potentially awards worthy or not. It doesn't really matter. But this time of the year, we get a lot of films. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Jacob. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. I yeah, I asked Ricky to do the um, to do the rankings because I think after this film festival, I want to say there have been. One, two, three, four changes in my top 10. Um, and then two that are just outside of my top 10. So, yeah. So, you know, we didn't see too, too much at the Nashville Film Festival, but we saw enough to really change, um, to really change our list for the year so far. They're coming. Yeah. Movies are coming. They are coming. They're coming fast. And the thing about it was, is like what's impressive, I think, the most was there was a lot. There was a lot that I've seen that, um, that I think I put three movies in my top ten. I think it was maybe four. Maybe four. I don't know. I'll yeah, I, I put. Later. I got four. But it's 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 impressive to see because there's a lot of good stuff that came out. So it's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. A lot of stuff that we can hone in. And uh, without with that being said, what I'd like to do is kind of go through and just quickly talk about um, some of the obviously the bigger films at the festival that it debuted. Um, first of which we had a surprise screening. Uh, uh, we had a surprise screening. And in the surprise screening, you kind of found out about what it was a little bit beforehand. But with that being said, we did see Come On, Come On. That was the surprise screening, which I will admit, when we found out about it being a surprise screening, we were both kind of like, oh, okay, we, we want to see it, but we wish it would have been X, Y, or Z. Um, what were your thoughts about uh, Come On, Come On? Yeah, so, you know, I... I did my, you know, super sleuthing and figured out the uh, surprise screening like a week ahead of when it actually was going to be screened. Um, and I think we both had the same reaction where we were like, we like, like, we want to see this, but this isn't like the biggest thing. Like, we'd rather see something else. And then the movie started and I just was absolutely blown away. I are we getting into like the actual talking about the movie? I mean, yeah, you can break down just okay. some quick thoughts about the film. Yeah, yeah, I um, I'm gonna try to do a full review of it, but uh, I I just loved. I thought it was so just beautifully crafted, looks beautiful. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interviews that happen with kids from New York, Detroit and um i think new orleans and i was hoping hoping so much that they were going to be actual interviews and then you see at the end that they were actual interviews of kids which brings like another just a whole another level of just realism and like understanding and it's it's kind of crazy and i guess this is just the genius thing that mike mills did was he used these interviews and it makes it so much more like believable like he's not telling us you know, the whole thing is based around what what do you think the future is going to be? And he's not telling us, like, 
what his thoughts of the future through a script, he's giving us these actual reactions from these kids in these, you know, in these cities. Um, and it's just so like, it's just so like eye opening and like, there's parts of it that feel kind of like a documentary and there's parts of it that feel, you know, like a narrative, but it all just feels, it all feels real. And that's, you know, that's one of the big things I, I loved about it. And then the ending, um, you know, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but there's a scene where um, Joaquin Phoenix and the kid, I want to say his name's Woody. Do you know his last name? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Um, Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman. Um, they're out in a field and they just have this like nice cathartic, like, yelling like not yelling match but at the same time like they are like just like getting everything out and it's i mean it brought me to tears it was it's one of my favorite things i've seen all year yeah it's a it's beautifully structured in a way that i really liked um my review is up over the nashvillenoise.com all my festival oriented stuff can be found over there but um i love this movie so much like so i'm so glad it was a surprise screening because it, it just blew me away and and how you how he intertwines these real stories with the story that he's trying to tell is is breathtaking because you really have a grounded phoenix performance that i don't think we've ever really seen from him before i think what kind of surprised me was it was it was very just simple right it was a very simple story but at the same time i quoted this by saying it's my favorite buddy comedy of the year because I do think that Phoenix and Norman, they are amazing together. They just have a, a very raw connection that really highlights Mike Mills storytelling and direction. And, um, and, and props to Woody Norman. I mean, he like, this is one thing I was talking to, um, to, you know, Brandon of Sobros is it's, it's interesting. Cause like, we know Walking Phoenix, and I'm sure Walking Phoenix is like, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy, but he's not the character that he is in this movie. I don't think that's how he is in real life, and it's it's really nice seeing like this heartwarming, um, you know, inspiring side of him. Because for me, going into the movie, I had always thought this was going to be like a road trip movie where the kid was just kind of left with Joaquin Phoenix and they were going to have to learn each other on the way. I didn't realize it was going to be Joaquin's character, like seeking out to house the kid and like wanting to be with him. And I thought that that was really, it was really interesting, like seeing how the kid learned from Joaquin's character and then Joaquin also learned from him. And I want to say like, give a huge shout out. What do Norman's probably going to be my child actor of the year, like breakthrough performance he matched walking phoenix on almost every single level of the movie dramatic levels comedic levels the you know there are scenes where he i mean he's he is a kid so he can play him easier but there are scenes where he just plays that whole like disappointed not wanting you know side of it where it's just it's insane it's just it really is insane how good he is in this movie yeah, I was completely blown away. I agree with you. He's one. He hands down gives one of the better performances of the year for, especially kid actors. I think we talked about it post. It was like one of my favorite kid performances I've seen since like Jupe, mm -hmm. and then obviously uh, Roman Griffin Davis. I really loved in Jojo Rabbit. Um, 
Moving on to a couple other ones. Obviously, there's. I'm just going to list a couple of the, the ones that I know we both like, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth maybe whenever we talk about our favorite performances as well. But obviously, we have Spencer. Um, that was the big one. The thing about it is, is what we'll tell you a quick background is on the final day of the Nashville Film Festival, Jacob and I watched four consecutive films back to back to back to back to back inside the movie theater over at the Belcourt. If you're in Nashville, go check out the Belcourt. It's a fantastic theater. But we saw Flea. We saw The Humans, we saw Come On, Come On, and then we saw Spencer last. And I think the biggest concern that I think both of us had going into Spencer was, God, we are tired. Like, it was tired. And I think that's one of the big things that really blew me away about Spencer is, is we talked about having festival brain, right? It's a thing. Like, I, and, and it might be the first time you hear that, but it's a thing. So back at Sundance, you're watching so many films back to back to back to back to back. So there is sometimes when you watch something, you're emotionally maybe not connected because you're still latched on to the last story that you watched or you're just tired, you're exhausted. So I really felt like I was going to have that best festival brain mush going into that movie. And I think what impressed me the most about most about Spencer was the fact that I walked away floored by that film. Like it's 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 an uncharacteristically different story than I expected. I didn't expect the story that we were told. It humanized Diana in a way that we've never seen her be humanized. And, like, I mean, just the small stupid things. Like, she's Princess Diana, and she's on the screen cussing like a sailor. I'm just like, this is, this feels like, you know, he made this larger-than-life character relatable. And that's one of the beautiful things that I think that he did. I love Spencer. I think it's, it's. It's probably got my favorite score of the year. It's got my favorite uh, performance of the year. It's got it's one of my favorite films of the year. It's like one A and one B with Mass. Mass really kind of, if anybody's been following along with me, Mass is like my fourth favorite film of the year. But upon each review, uh, each viewing of it, it's crept up to top tier. So it's 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 one of those films that I know that I really want to revisit really badly because there's so many different things that I felt like maybe I didn't see because of the exhaustion. But at the same time, I walked away blown. And Kristen Stewart, I said this in my review. When you watch the Eyes of Tammy Faye, and you watch the Eyes of Tammy Faye as well. When you watch the Eyes of Tammy Faye, you don't see Jessica Chastain because of her makeup, right? Because, you know, she doesn't, she transforms in the performance. But at the same time, you watch. Kirsten Stewart. And there's moments where you're just like, I don't see her in that role. And it's not because of makeup. It's not, it's just because she transforms into this role, like something that I haven't seen. It's one of my favorite performances, not just this year, but favorite female performances I've seen this decade. Yeah. um, You know, like he said, you know, Spencer was the last one and actually the humans was the one before that. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but the humans is a very like the humans takes a lot out of you um, because of how psychological it is. And um, you know, that the whole, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but the whole like final sequence of the humans just takes a lot out of you. So it's easy to go from something that like pulls that much out of you into something like Spencer. Um, and like, you know, like Ricky said, I was super nervous because I thought that going into the movie, I knew the whole movie was about, you know, the week leading up to Diana wanting to leave um, Prince Charles, but I assumed that it was going to be a tragedy. I assumed that this movie was going to talk about 
how awful her life was, how, you know, shitty they treated him. Um, you know, I, which it, it was, but I thought it was going to talk more about her death, more about, um, you know, how like tragic her life ended. And it really wasn't, it was, you know, and there were like some very like horrific scenes and there were some very like stressful moments. And there were some times where it was like, you kind of like put yourself in her shoes, but it's really about Diana coming back into herself and like learning herself. And I mean, it's very, very visual with that whole representation. Um, you know, not to like spoil anything, but she tries to like make it back to her childhood home. And she, um, she tries to like rediscover that part of herself that has been lost in becoming part of this like Royal cyclone. Um, and it's just about her being a mother and about her being, you know, a person, a person who wants a normal life. She wants to, you know, she wants to go down the street. She wants to go eat it, you know, fast food. She wants to go do these normal things that, you know, as a princess, she's just not allowed to do. And that just clashes with the kind of royal standard that has been set. And of course, the people in the royal home didn't like that. And of course, they wanted to, you know, chastise her for that. And it's, I think she was just so beautiful in those little moments. I think her, you know, her outbursts were great, but I think as the little moments of her dancing of her, there was one moment that like just completely had me in awe where she's playing with her kids um, by a fire. And I was just like this, like, this is the Diana that like, I feel like, Diana would have wanted to be remembered for like she talks about that in the film like what's her legacy going to be and I think this is what the legacy she would have wanted the one that's you know a mother the one that didn't conform to all these like royal standards and traditions that you know are just outdated and wrong and I think like you said Kristen Stewart was just insanely good in the role um I think she really gave her all to the role. And I think she tried to do the role as much justice as she could do. And I think um, it really lent itself to a very powerful movie, a very beautiful movie and a very powerful performance. Yeah. And, and moving on to another film that I think that we both liked a lot was old Henry. Um, it was, it was a film that we kind of watched together. Uh, I watched it prior and I talked to Patsy, uh, uh, Patsy, the director and the writer of the film, prior to the festival and kind of picked his brain a little bit on what to what, how he, he went about directing. And obviously the film was shot here in Tennessee. Um, it was even better watching it on the big screen. And I will say this, when we watched it, um, that screen at rocket town was amazing, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was like, we were like, you never know. It, it's a, we know rocket town as a place where you go see music, where you skateboard, stuff like that. I never kind of anticipated it being the type of film that we got to see um, like, like, like this, right. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was kind of blowing away, but old Henry had a phenomenal performance from Tim Blake Nelson. I am not necessarily the greatest when it comes to Westerns. You know what I mean? Westerns are okay, but if they're done great, I love it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and old Henry was that I, I was very anxious to see this film because we saw it together I was very anxious because I had already seen it and we always have this thing between the two of us where we, 
we see a film that we really, really, really like, and we really kind of hope that the other really likes it as well. I mean, it's just something that we do. And oftentimes, most times I say we, we, we're on the same page about, you know, 75% of the time. Um, but with this one, you walked away blown away as well, like I did. And it was just a very, very uh, good film, different film. Support this independent film. It's available right now on VOD. I saw it skyrocketing up the charts right now on the uh, iTunes store. I think it actually passed Free Guy now as far as purchases and stuff like that, which is amazing. So I'm super happy for everybody over there. Any quick thoughts on um, Old Henry? Yeah, no, I want to, I just want to reiterate like, like Nashville Film Festival, I love you. Those seats were terrible. <laughs> But you made up for it with that screen. There yeah. were literally moments I turned to Ricky and I was like, this looks like a hologram. It does. And, um, I, yeah, Old Henry, I wish it would have been the opener. It was gorgeously shot. I mean, it looked so beautiful and it really highlighted like the Tennessee wilderness so well. Um, even just from the opening scene, like, that it just got you into the action so fast and so powerfully. And um, I think Tim Blake Nelson, like Tim Blake Nelson is a per like, he might be one of the best character actors working. And this kind of showed that he could be, you know, a leading role. Like he can command a movie. And I think he did so well. I love the twist. I thought the twist was amazing. Um, the action was so good. They didn't overload it and make it a Tarantino type of, you know, kill fest. And they didn't, you know, skimp out on anything. They showed, they showed the bullet wounds. They showed, um, you know, the fighting, the, the killing. It's like, they really like went all out and showed it. And it was so self-contained in this small little, like just around this one house but it felt so big and it felt like such a big movie and such a, like a grand Western. And I, I'm, I'm the same as Ricky. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Westerns. There's been a few throughout the years. This is easily the best Western that I've seen maybe since hell or high water in 2016. Um, even if you can count that as a true Western, it might be more like a, you know, a crime movie. Um, but yeah, I think this, it, it was, it was a good movie itself, but then the score, the cinematography, the performances, they all just elevate it so much. And I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was a very, very good movie. Yeah. John Matsiak, I'm sure I butchered that name, but it was a cinematographer on it. And he was phenomenal. Like that cinematography. It's the thing about it was is, is bringing that error was not easy either. You know what I mean? Like it, it just you're reliving this nineteen very early nineteen hundreds. Like there's like nineteen oh six or something like that. Like it, it, you're bringing this error to life. And then Jordan Lennings score. I, I just the whole build was phenomenal. It was intense. Like leading up to uh, you know when we turned Tim Blake Nelson into John Wick, it was just badass and. And I loved, and you're right, like the, the action was great because Tim Blake Nelson, you know, and it's not spoiling anything, but like when the shootout happens, he takes a couple shots. You know what I mean? God mm -hmm. forbid our guy who's getting shot at by six different guys actually gets shot at. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one of the things. It's just little things. And, uh, I can't uh, – people people say the, uh, the most um, 
like unrecognizable performance. Trace Atkins, the <laughs> most unrecognizable performance of the year. <laughs> I was in shock. I texted Ricky after and I was like, was that fucking Trace Atkins? Um I still can't he, believe you, I still can't believe you didn't realize that was that was him. I had no idea. I literally had no clue until I went and looked at the IMDB to do my review. No idea. I um yeah, I uh, uh he texted me. Just, I was like, Yeah, that's yeah, like that was that no, just was so blown away. Um, uh, but he was good when the, the scene where he said, uh, he said like something like you're in for a world of trouble. I was like, Okay, this better be this better be what I hope it's gonna be. And it was, it was a great movie, I think. Um, especially for this being like a true, I know Potsy did a movie, you know, 10 years ago. But for this to be like one of the true like breakthrough type of directing, I thought it was like a fantastic start. I I really cannot wait to see what he does, and hopefully he uses Tennessee more. I mean, Ricky and I talk about it all the time. Nashville and Tennessee itself is such a big market um, that's kind of got a lot of untapped potential, and using using Nashville or well, yeah, using Nashville, but using Tennessee itself in such a beautiful way, I think could be. You know, he could be one of the pioneers for film in Tennessee. I absolutely agree. I just, I, I love that film and I can't wait to talk about it more. It's definitely going to be something that I talk about a lot towards the end of the year and my end of the year rankings. I can foresee that still sticking around for me, especially cinematography and score wise. But if we're looking at like a, a solid first feature, like you said, I mean, he did some, direct something a long time ago, but this is like a real authentic first feature for him. All right. So, Best performances. We're going to blend everybody together here. We're going to give our top three performances of the festival. Um, Jacob, I'll let you kick us off with your three. Okay. My top three. And this is this is male and female, right? We're not like splitting it up. Yeah, blending them together. So my number one... Mm, I'd have to go – okay, so my number one, I'd probably have to go uh, Kristen Stewart from Spencer. I think the performance that she gave was just – it was absolutely unreal. I think, you know, it's like I said when talking about Spencer, I think she did the big moment she did well, and it was the little moment she did just as well um, in those, like, quiet, more reserved sections of the movie. Um where she really just got to like be herself. Uh, I thought she was just a force as Diana. Um, my second is going to be Richard Jenkins from the humans. I, it's funny. Cause like for me growing up, I grew up in a time where like stepbrothers was middle school humor for me. So that was the Richard Jenkins I knew was from stepbrothers. And then finding out he's like, you know, an Oscar nominated, well, two-time Oscar nominated now actor who's like done so much dramatic work. Um, it was really like cool to like go back and check out his filmography. And I, I said this in my review. Um, I think that this might be his best performance. I thought he played, you know, he played that like struggling out of touch parent who wants the best for their kid but wants the best in their way 
Um, I thought he played that so well. And then I thought he played, you know, a character who kind of, you know, is, is in a room and can see his future, can see his mom's dementia and can see how far gone she is and can see that, you know, that is, that's the future that he has coming for him. And, um, you know, I think he talked in the movie about how, you know, how many more moments of this is he even going to remember before he starts forgetting. And it's just kind of like, it is kind of like that insane sort of, you know, multi-layered performance where he's still trying to be this force in his children's life, but he also doesn't know how to be. Um, And I think like, I think there's a lot more similarities and I hate like comparing it because they're both plays and they're both, um, you know, first time directors, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not going to say, because I think Ricky would lose his mind. I'm not going to say the performance isn't as good as Anthony Hopkins. I'm not saying that at all, but there are resemblances of Richard Jenkins performance in what Anthony Hopkins did. That whole idea of not being connected to his you know, his children, the whole idea of not being completely there and having like that whole, that whole final sequence where he's kind of like trapped in that room and everything, everything is getting him from, you know, the, um, from the uh, trash compactor, from the radiator, from the people upstairs, everything is like pulling him in different directions. And he just has this kind of like meltdown of a moment. And it's just, Oh, I just felt so much with him. And I thought he did such a good job. I thought he was just phenomenal uh, in the movie. And he's he's one of my favorite performances of the year, um, period. I think The Humans is such a phenomenal movie. Um, if you want, you know, you can go check out my review. Um, but it's just, I think The Humans is just so superbly crafted. Uh, one of the most visual you know, like visual storytelling movies I've ever seen. I just, I loved his performance in that. Um, and then my third, I might have to go. I love, I love Jane Howdy show in the humans. I want to give her a little shout out. I thought her and Richard Jenkins played a perfect yin and yang. Uh, but I'm going to go walking Phoenix for come on, come on. I thought it was very much, it was very much more a her performance than a Joker, which was really nice. It was very much a um, that kind of like heartfelt, you know, like almost like, you know, a dad, like wanting to be there for a child and learning the life through a child's eyes. I thought it was just a beautiful exploration of um, I thought it was a beautiful exploration of that. And I thought it was a beautiful understanding. And it's it's just nice seeing that kind of like more heartwarming side of Walking Phoenix. Yeah, so I I uh, I left Richard Jenkins off my top three because I knew that the words that I could say about Jenkins wouldn't be able to be translated as well as yours were. So I left him off. He would be probably in my top three. I went a little bit uncharacteristic with my three. I thought you were going to go here, but you didn't. So I'm going to go here. I'm going to go Woody Norman. I'm going to go the opposite of Joaquin. I, I, was, I was hoping you were going to go him. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's it's a lot of what you said about his performance but again i think joaquin phoenix what he brilliantly shows is his his range right he has unbelievable range within his acting i mean you look at the joker controversial or not whatever you want to look at you look at the joker you look at walk the line you look at the master you look at the gladiator and and you look at all the and even look at her 
you see a lot of different performances from this man. And I don't think personally, and I'd have to go back and kind of look at his filmography completely, but I don't think I've ever seen Joaquin this grounded and this, I guess the word would be raw. Like I, I know he's this big advocate, but he's very, if even if you look at whenever he accepted his, his Oscar, he's very soft-spoken. He doesn't want the limelight. He doesn't want people around. So you're right. It's, it's, you see a fun-loving sign of Phoenix that maybe only people around Phoenix get, right? You know what I mean? And I think that's what we see in this role of Johnny and him. And, and But Woody Norman, he goes toe-to-toe with Phoenix like he's been doing this for 30 years. And and, and I think Norman's performances, first performances was 2000, I think it's 17 when I'm looking real quick, 2017. And apparently broke into, or sorry, 2014, I don't know. But his first performance is, and it really kind of captivated. 2015 was his first role. He's four years old. So he's got to be somewhere in the range of eight to 10 here. And he goes toe-to-toe with one of the best actors of our generation. Like Joaquin Phoenix, he might not be the best. He's probably top five, in my opinion, of the last probably 30 years. And I was really blown away by how he was able to stand toe-to-toe. He was funny. He's charming. Uh, the, The banter back and forth between these two. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I love these two together. My number two is somebody that you could clearly omit it, clearly omit it. And that was Tim Blake Nelson. I'm very upset with you right now for leaving Tim Blake Nelson off of your list. That really hurt. He was, he was top five, but we only got four. So I'll give you three, but you just named off like 10. So it's no, I'm just, Oh yeah. Three. My bad. (laughs) Yeah. He was, he was my, he was my five. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson was fantastic. And again, I wanted to kind of differentiate my list from your list anyway, too. I thought his performance was fantastic. I loved him in it. My number one's Kristen Stewart. I I, I, I really... I want to differentiate really, from your list. Number one's uh, the same. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, said, I, I can't change my number one. I couldn't change. I mean, my but that, that should just be a testament different. to her performance, honestly. It really is. It's It's... It's one of the best performances I've seen this year. And like I said earlier, it's one of the better performances I've seen in the last decade. I, I She transformed into this role. And I really hope people who continue to doubt how good of an actress she really is, all people see when they look at Kristen Stewart is Twilight and Twilight. And, and, and I hope people watch this performance with an open mind and understanding that Kristen Stewart is a phenomenal actress, and this is only a testament to how amazing she truly is because it really is one of the better performances I've seen this last decade. It's so – she disappears in this role the way that you would want her to. There's so much – there's so much uh, complexity playing this larger-than-life character, right? You know what I mean? This is a, a universally loved act, uh, person – that has been portrayed so many different ways, so many different stories. Just this year alone, you have the crown, you have the you have the Diana the musical, you've got a TV show, I think that's coming out, a documentary. Like there's so many bits and pieces of Diana that's going around for so many years and so many stories. And it just was beautiful. So uh, Kristen Stewart, hands down, easily the best performance of the festival. Quick shout out before we switch over to the top 10 movies of the year from both of us. Shout out to the entire team at the Nashville Film Festival. Um, this was the smoothest this festival has ran since I've been kind of dealing and being a part of it. But the entire staff was great. 
anything that we needed, they were very on top of. They were very communicative whenever we needed them to be. So just a special shout out to them. They worked hard. There were some people that I know there were, you know, they were there 16, 18 hours just making sure that, you know, especially us people within the press that we got accommodated with what we needed to get accommodated with. So I, I really sent a special shout out to them. Yeah, I, I want to reiterate everything he said. You know, it was one of those things where before the festival started, they said, tell us what you want. We'll make sure you get it, you know, and they had to deal with, you know, they had to deal with what everyone's dealing with. They had to deal with the looming idea that, you know, COVID could come in and continue to take out, you know, a screening or do something like that. And they, you know, luckily nothing like that happened. They were able to get all the in-person people there, you know, um, Tim Blake Nelson and Potsy showed up for old Henry, Stephen Karam showed up to the humans. He actually sat right in front of us. Um, you know, so it's like, they still were able to get all those things done, um, while still making a very smooth, um, multi-locationed, uh, festival, which, you know, I, I love, you know, doing the one location. Um, I think it's easier that way, but doing the multiple locations, I think is really cool to get people throughout the city of Nashville and to get people experiencing different places. You know, they were so easy with, you know, with the parking, um, which is, you know, if you haven't been to Nashville, I mean, if you haven't been to a big city, the parking's always terrible. And they were so easy with that. They were so easy with, um, you know, getting the press, the things they needed, you know, getting us, you know, in line, um, you know, getting us everything we needed, uh, I just couldn't be more, you know, more thankful for everything they did. Yeah, except for the parking at Belmont, which I got thoroughly locked, and that was not very, <laughs> not very hard for me to do. Yeah, um, I was following. I was following Ricky, and I was like, um, I think we were supposed to turn in like way back there. Yeah, yeah, and then we walked around. It was you, me, and Matt. We walked around Belmont like we were, you know. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill and 21 Jump Street. We were like the, and everybody probably looked at us like, oh, there's the narcs. The narcs have arrived. <laughs> so, all right. With that being said, we're, we're going to go over our top 10 movies of the, uh, of the year. Um, any films that we've seen this year, we're going to kind of throw in our top 10. And um, Jacob, hit me with your 10 through six. So my 10 through six, my number 10 is a movie that I know Ricky is going to scoff at instantly. Um, it's going to be Prisoners of the Ghostland. Uh, it's still still making its way in my top ten. I love it. Uh, number nine is going to be Old Henry. Uh, my number eight is going to be The Green Knight. Uh, my number seven is going to be a movie that will be in my top ten next year. Um, it's going to be On the Count of Three. And my number six is a movie that like initially I didn't have it in my top 10. And then like on my hour drive home, I like thought to myself, I was like, what the fuck am I thinking? And had to put it in my top 10 and it's Spencer. Um, my number 10 is the last duel. Um, saw that last week um, post festival. I, I love that movie. Um, I really enjoyed the structure of it. And I love the acting. Um, Jodie Comer's coming for that Oscar nomination. Hands down. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see Ben Affleck get nominated because his performance is really amazing in it. Um, Shiva Baby, uh, another uh, just a just a amazing film. Uh, everything that I, I say this every time I talk about Shiva Baby, everything that they claim that you're supposed to feel during Uncut Gems, I felt through Shiva Baby. Um, coming in at number yes, what is it? Ten nine eight. That's it. Okay, I'm not good with numbers here. Number eight. 
funny face a um a movie that you probably never heard of until right this second most of you um but i will talk about this film until i'm blue in the face it's one of my favorite movies of the year it's got some of the best cinematography it's got the best score it's got phenomenal acting i truly loved this movie a whole lot cosmo jarvis is the uh, lead in it he was phenomenal tim sutton direct wrote and directed and I really, if you can seek this movie out, seek it out and watch it. I can't get Jacob to watch it. So somebody else watch it so we can talk about it. Um, number 10, seven is The Humans. Um, really good film. Really, really good film. I struggled with my top five. Or actually, my one and two, not really. But this, I think my top, top eight is strong right now. Very strong top eight, I feel like I have. So, um and the number six is Old Henry for me as well. So I loved Old Henry. Just went in depth about it, but it's a it's a fantastic film. Uh, number five for you, sir. Five through one. Um, I want to say, after we saw The Humans, I, for some reason, I just thought Ricky was going to hate it. And I asked him, I said, I said, what do you think? <laughs> and he, plain face, said, it was terrible. And I was like, oh. <laughs> fuck and i waited and then i saw him like add it out of the corner of my eye into his top 10 of uh on letterbox and i was like okay we <laughs> that's the validation i needed um that was hilarious because like you were you were just not okay with my and i do that to you far often but that was i i was i will say this i was impressed with my ability to keep a straight face and then i was thoroughly pissed because you were like you liar i was like oh yeah man. Well, no, it's it was just like because like there are a lot of times where like if like if he does that, it'll be like there'll be like a snark or like a giggle or something or like he'll just <laughs> smile. And it was literally like he seemed pissed off. And I said, what do you think? He said it was terrible. And then just like look straight forward. And I was like, OK, it's like, damn it. Um, <laughs> going into that, my number five is uh the humans and i think my my three for through five right now my top two are set in stone for the second but my three through oh my god three through five um are kind of interchangeable and it will take like multiple watchings of my four and five but my number five is the humans um i just think i think it's just so incredible i think it's incredibly well made um and like i said it's one of the best visual storytelling or some of the best visual storytelling I've ever seen. Um, it really makes you yourself the character. And it also makes, you know, the space in which our actors are, you know, acting makes that a character as well. Um, I think Karam did so many like unconventional things when it came to directing, uh, not showing the people speaking or showing their back and just showing the reactions of you know the the other people in the room you know crossing you know crossing the line and doing these different things that you know you're not supposed to do they teach you in film class you know you're not supposed to do these things but he did all of them in such an effective way that created like an eerie type of haunting sense and i also think it's just one of the most real films of the year i think it's just very honest and a lot of its conversations and a lot of like the stuff they have to say. I mean, at, at the heart of it, it's a human drama um, of a family. And I think it's just so 
so so good i love it so much i um i just cannot say enough good things about it number four. Oh, Three, sorry two, um, yeah. <laughs> sorry i thought we did, i didn't know if we were um so my number four is come on come on um you know i thought joaquin phoenix woody they both phenomenal um I, the movie made me cry. It made me, you know, it made me scared for, uh, for Joaquin. It just phenomenal movie, phenomenal and beautiful movie. I hope everyone gets a chance to see it. My number three is still Coda. Um, it's been, it's been just such a, you know, sunshine ever since I saw it at Sundance. It still one of the most heartwarming films of the year. Um, I'll be quick with my two. My number two is Dear Evan Hansen. Moving on. Uh, my number one, Mass. I mean, it's, it is. It's a masterpiece. It's, it's such a phenomenal movie. It's just top to bottom, one of the best made movies of the year. It's one of the best made movies in the past couple of years. Some of the best performances of all time. I really think like Jason Isaacs and Dowd especially give two of the best performances of all time. Um and I think, you know, that as more people see it, hopefully it will begin to grow. And I hope that it, you know, gets the love that it really deserves. My number five is Nine Days. It's been in my top. It's it's going to be this year's On the Count of Three because last year it was in my top ten. And then, of course, they moved the release date to this year. Speaking of On the Count of Three, it's my number four. Really, I think my On the, on the, count, of th- on the count of Three really is my number three, I think. But just because of the fact that I know it's going to move out of my top ten, it's going to be very easy to move it out. It's going to be heartbreaking because it's one of the better movies that I've seen this year. And I just love that movie. And I really wish I could watch it because On the Count of Three, if I don't watch I, – I, I would say in ten years, that might be one of my most watched repeat films um, over and over again because I love it so much. Number three, Come On, Come On. I love and adore this movie. I just – I, as Jacob said, I laughed, I cried, I cried again, I laughed again. Um, it kind of, some aspects of those kids talking really give you this hope for our future. I really do think that it kind of highlighted some, some things. It scares the shit out of you in some aspects when some kids talk, but then there's some other kids that talk. It just kind of shows you the rawness and the realness of what society is like right now. Um, number two, 1B, 1A, whatever you want to call it, is Spencer. Um, I know somebody said, oh my God, how are you going to say it's the best movie of the year, but you don't have it number one. And it's honestly like, I really think these two could interchange, but I really take, I really take ranking them seriously. I know Jacob and I do. It's, it's not, it's, it's a process that we probably spend way too much time on going back and forth, but it's something that we do take seriously because it's just, I want to exude how much I love these films, but Spencer is, is, is masterclass of just you know, we didn't even get into the directing of, of, of Spencer, really. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't even, we talked about Kirsten Stewart. I talked about the cinematography. I talked about the score. It's just a beautiful film. Last, uh, same as you, I, it's, it's Mass. I've seen Mass four times, I think, now, and, and three or four times now, and it, it is a masterpiece. It is every sense of the word. It's not just one of the best films of this year. It's one of the best films, I think, of the decade. Of the lot, it's one of the best movies. If I made a top twenty list of movies of all time, Mass would probably be in the top twenty. It's just, it's that good. It's, it's well shot. It's well directed. It's well act. The acting just four of the, and I wish it's four of the best performances you've seen in, in one film, right? You know, Reed Bernie, mm-hmm. he might not be as flashy as everybody, 
But Reborn is phenomenal in that film. Like he doesn't he doesn't get nearly as much credit because Isaacs takes it up a notch. But that scene between Isaacs and then Bernie kind of gives him that clap back clap back is well is, is powerful there. Well, if I can like if you don't mind if I can talk about it for a second, it's um because I was listening to an interview and Reed Bernie's performance might it's not the most flashy, but it's probably the hardest. Yes. Because he's the one he uh and he said this in an interview, this isn't my words. Um but he gives the one performance that doesn't he he enters the room and leaves the room as the same person. Yeah. And um he's so set in stone in his, you know, in his ideas, in his thoughts, in his um feelings towards the whole situation. And he has to like he has to play that throughout the entire thing and he really has to restrain himself from becoming too emotional from becoming too you know outward towards someone because he's so like set in stone in his ideas and um you know there's not there's not like a villain of the movie but he is like the foil like he is the one person who is different like who doesn't change and who is different and i think like not a lot of people are talking about reed bernie but i think his performance is just as good as everyone else's I agree. All right, so before we go real quick, recap your top 10 for everybody. My 10 is Prisoners of the Ghostland, Old Henry, The Green Knight, On the Count of Three, Spencer, The Humans, Come On, Come On, Coda, Dear Evan Hansen, and Mass. My top 10, The Last Duel, Shiva Baby, Funny Face, The Humans, Old Henry, Nine Days, On the Count of Three, Come On, Come On, Spencer, and Mass. Guys, we want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Music City Drive-In. Thank you for the continued support on the website. Um, you guys don't understand how great it feels that we're getting ready to move into another year of us just creating this brand of the Music City Drive-In. Like, it, it's been amazing. We've added an amazing set of team of writers that have really just come through a lot for us as well. Um, we're busy. We're dropping articles at a uh, at a very alarming rate right now it's amazing to be able to have that problem of of trying to fit this in the schedule trying to fit this in the schedule and it's just because we have a phenomenal team of writers that we can't think enough we're coming up or yeah we're coming up on the anniversary of the website coming up soon so that's yep, really December. cool um but yeah just thank you for the continued support of the site and the show and everything else and until next time we'll talk to you guys later